Hey friends, welcome to the Threadcast. This is Ryan Smith, pastor at Common Thread Church. I hope that you are having a good week, a good weekend, uh, wherever you find this uh, in your life. Um, I'm excited. We're uh, we're starting a new a new uh, series now. We're in our what we're calling our summer series. It's going to span June, July, and August. Um, and I'm excited about this one. We're calling it Campfire Stories, Their Story, Your Story, and Our Story. And we're going to be uh, camping out um, in Hebrews chapter 11. And if you have been around a church or around the Bible a little bit, uh, you've heard that Hebrews 11 is the Hall of Heroes, right? Or the, the Hall of Fame for faith people. And uh, it's a great, great um, chapter to just camp out in and to, to examine because there's so many great stories that we're going to try to tell this summer and share and allow their story um, to impact our story uh, or your story and then to see how those go together. Um, so I'm super pumped about it. I think we're going to do some fun things with it. We're also going to try to involve our kids and do a, a video for them as well to tell the stories on their level so they can be a part of this as well. Um, but today is kind of our introductory into this series, kind of get us thinking in this mindset. Um, I want to challenge you, if you haven't already, to read Hebrews 11. Um, and there's kind of this, um, there's this discipline in, in Bible study is the, this idea that you just kind of camp out in a passage and you keep rereading it over and over again and, and allow the Spirit to, to bring out new things. And so um, we're going to be doing that this summer. So I want to encourage you, um, whenever you have some quiet time, um, whether you're driving, you know, pull up the Audible Bible, um, uh, Bible Gateway, you can listen to it and just you know, once or twice or three times a week, um, just to to read Hebrews 11. Let it kind of just sit in or marinate in it and see what new things pop out because you'll be surprised at all the different intricacies or nuances that, that comes out to you each time you read it. Um, so I want to encourage you to do that. But today, as we do our introduction, there's three, three topics I want to talk about. I want to talk about story, I want to talk about faith, and then I want to talk about uh, us. And so first off, let's begin with story. Um, in Hebrews 11, um, it is a list of people, but inside those lists are stories of people, people's um, experiences, and more specifically, experiences with faith. But we want to uh, in encapsulate or, or we want to capture the idea of what it means to have story and the importance of story. And so um, we're going to try to treat this series um, through storytelling. So it's a good thing to, to understand. Um, a gentleman uh, named Donald Miller um, wrote a book called Blue Like Jazz a long time ago. It's a great book if you haven't read it. Now he does leadership stuff for businesses. Um, he has a, a book called Story Brand. Um, it's how he does. He kind of talks about how to promote businesses and stuff like that. But he, he says that throughout time is the concept of story. And in all stories, whether movies, books, or fables, whatever, they have um, kind of these six um, main components that you find them in every every story that's ever told. Um, and and I, I think there's some validity to it, but he says basically that there's a character, that every story has some type of character, whether it's a villain or a hero. Um, and then that character has a problem, you know, something that, they, a dilemma that they have to face that he can't or she can't overcome. And then they meet a guide, right? Um, you, you, they're Yoda, if you will. Um, 
and that guide gives them a plan, a, a new way of seeing their problem. And then not only does he or she teach them about how, gives them that plan, then it calls that hero, that character to, uh, uh, to action. There's some type of action that's taken. And then the truth is, um, after that action is taken, um, you have results, right? And sometimes that result can be failure or success. Um, but it is that guide's um, role to help, to help facilitate success, right? And so those are components of every story. That's, that's been true throughout time. And I think you'll, you see that in this story as well. But there's a couple other things I want to point out about story. Is it one, to have any story, you have to have a storyteller and you have to have a listener. And that seems so simple, right? But it, it can't be a story without those two components, right? Uh, even if you have a character and a problem, but it has to be somebody who tells that story, shares that story, and then somebody um, that is listening to that story. Um, that it's not a true story until it's shared outside of the, the person who writes the story. And so the challenge or thing I want you to think about is this, is, um, is that God chooses story as his main source of sharing his message. Think about that. You know, we have the Bible, yes. It's a sacred book, yes. But the Bible was never meant to be worshipped, to to be uh, memorized as fact. It was meant to share who God is, to inspire, to to get the juices flowing, if you will, of what it means to be human. And even before there was scripture, God used story. He let people tell stories of who his people were, right? And so, the thing that we all must realize is that we are all storytellers. We all have stories within us, our own stories, stories we make up, but then also stories we share of ones we heard. And so the, just the simple challenge in this component is this idea of what story are you telling? What is your story? How does your story unfold with um, these stories that we're going to hear in Hebrews 11? So just something to be thinking about as we go through this, because that's what we're going to be doing is not just talking about the stories we see in Hebrews 11, but we're going to challenge to 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 for we're going to challenge each other to to see our own, to hear our own story. And to find where their story and our story combines. And then we have this universal story. So so that's story. The second thing I want to talk about is faith. And so if you look at Hebrews 11, 1 through 2, it starts off. You know, this is the, this is the introduction to his epic story, if you will. This is the, the credits as they roll across. We talked about the idea that, you know, if you're watching Star Wars and you see those um, credits at the very beginning, you know, a long, long time ago, if you will, um, this is how he starts. This is the introduction to into his epic story. He says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And so we, the introduction is set that what I'm about to say about these people is that we're going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about their faith and how they lived it out, right? Um, and so you get a very succinct definition of a biblical faith here. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of about what we do not see. So first I want to, I want to kind of talk about um, maybe a, maybe some myths of what faith might be because faith is still something we, we wrestle with and try to understand what it is. And so 
Um, if you've grown up in the church or you've been around church for a long time, I want to maybe uh, suggest three myths that maybe you've, you've thought about or been taught um, in faith and then, and then give you maybe three um, biblical statements uh, about faith as well that helps kind of define a little bit more what faith is. And so first off, three myths of faith, right? And so the first one is mystical faith, right? And so this is the concept of faith where we are called to have faith without reason, right? We're just to blindly jump off the cliff, right? You know, this is the um, the concept in Indiana Jones um, and the crusade, you know, the last crusade, the idea where he steps off, you know, you know that cliff and, um, and he can't see anything, but then there's this this bridge there that, that, that is there. And so there's this concept that, that, that we teach about faith that is just one of those things that you just have to have without any reason. You can't logically comprehend it, right? It's just one of those things. It's, it's that mystical. It's the magical. It's that, it's that part where um, you, know, you just don't know. And so there, there is some truth about that. You know, there is a part about faith that, that we don't grasp. But faith is never meant to be something that you don't bring logic or reason into, right? And so, so when we talk about faith, it's not this mystical faith, right? It's not this blind, well, God said it, so you just believe it kind of deal, right? Um, that there's something more to it, right? So the, the, the second myth is the emotional faith, right? And so our faith then is what, you know, it, it depends on how it makes us feel. That, that when I have that mountaintop experience or when I do something and I feel God's moment, then that must be faith, right? Or if I... Uh, if I'm trying to do something and I feel nothing or or whatever, then it, then it must not be good faith or I must not be on the right track, right? Because faith is going to always produce this, this loving, divine thing inside of me and rainbows and butterflies and music's going to be around me all over this place, right? Or, and so my, if I have emotional faith, then, it, then it's dependent upon who I am and what I feel and not what is in truth again. And the third myth of faith is an intellectual faith, right? And this kind of faith is kind of the affirmation of a co- collection of propositional truths, right? This is taking scripture, this is taking God, and I'm going to have faith, but my faith is going to boil down into these statements. You know, you've heard about creeds and, and the Nicene Creed and all these other creeds, and, the, and, the, and there's these statements that every church has on their website that, you know, that God... Um, is the Trinity, or that that God is that Jesus is is the divine Son of God, and you know, and the, there's all these rights, propositions, these statements of truth, and that we boil that down to faith. Is that if I can I can have faith as long as I say these things are truths, then that means I have faith. And Jesus even you know knocks that one out of the park when he says you know even the demons believe, even they have understanding. So it's not just Faith is not about these propositions that we or these truths that we have in our lives. That if I can say these things, if I can just hold on to those things, then that's what faith is as well. And that, that's not it. So all three of these have components of faith, but by themselves, um, grossly um, misrepresent what faith is. And so if this is if one of these myths is one that you hold to, then I want to challenge you to th- to think through that more. And as we go through this series. Um, that your understanding of faith will grow. And uh, Deb Bridges, um, in our gathering on Sunday, mentioned this idea that the more she learns, the more she recognizes she doesn't know, right? And that's the more she thought she understood about faith, 
um, in, in the past, she understands that it's, it's less and less. And so there's, there's this concept of faith that, the, that if we try to put it into a box, then we've missed it, right? But also it's not this thing that's out there that we can't grasp either. There, there's this yin and yang that exists when we walk with faith. And so I want to give you three biblical statements that I think that you could, that can help in your understanding of how faith evolves in your life, um, that how we see it in Scripture and how it's talked about. Um, that might help give you some um, legs to, to the concept of faith. And so three biblical phrases for faith. The first one is, is the phrase of believe that, okay? And when we talk about believe that, um, you are, it's challenging you to embrace some central propositions of truth, right? These, these, these things that exist out there, that you embrace them. And so we see this in 1 John 5, 1, the concept of believe that. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves the child as well. So we see that concept of believes that, you know, this this idea that if you can believe that Jesus is the Christ, is the King, is the Messiah, right? And so faith does call you to a concept of, of these propositional truths. And that's where we get this statement of believe that. But it doesn't stay there. There's the, the next phrase is that you believe in. Um, and this is where um, you, it goes from just understanding concepts of truth. Now you begin to have confidence. It highlights a trust, if you will, uh, a relationship. We see this in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so this concept of believe in um, begins a relational um, dynamic of, of faith that you don't just have these propositions of truth that you get in that believe that, but in the believe in it then begins to transform into a calling, into a relationship that it, that you begin to engage not just in an intellectual level but at an emotional and a volitional, uh, a volitional well, well place as well, right? And then the last one is you believe on. And this is where it emphasizes commitment. This is where um, not only do you have these truths, not only do you have relationships, but now it, it challenges who, what you do, the choices that you make. And so it's a commitment that where it's not just something that's intellectual and emotional, but it's actually something that's becomes something that you do. And so you see this in Romans ten eleven. Um, this is in the King James Version. It says, For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Right? This, this, this concept of on gets us to um, gets us to the idea that um, that we are doing things. And so, uh, this cause and effect, the, these three things that go together, we have that believe that, believe in, and believe on. Um, it, it, they go together. You can't just take one by themselves. And so you start off with that believe that. And so you believe that there's these fundamental truths out there. And I take those. And those fundamental truths then cause you to to trust in Jesus, which triggers a relationship, right? That's that believe in. And then that, that relationship um, gets you a commitment that governs choices and decisions. Um, and that's that believe on, right? That idea that, that those three go together. I mean, here's what's so interesting about the cause and effect and relationship of these three statements, that believe that, believe in, and believe on. As you see, as you go through that, those those three, that believe that, and then I go into the believe in, and then I go into the believe on, 
that it then takes me back to that believe that, right? It's, it's cyclical, if you will. It's this idea that, that once I, I believe in a truth and it causes me to have a relationship with Jesus and then it causes that relationship causes me to do different things, it then inspires me to see the divine, to see God, to see humanity in a new level, but not in just a new level that stays the same, but it causes me to dive even deeper. And so it brings me back to, to another truth that I didn't know existed before. And in that this this cause and effect relationship of faith continues to this continues for me to mature or to grow in what it means to be in a, a faith relationship with the divine that it's never stagnant that it's always growing that's always maturing that it goes in these the, the that believe that believe in and believe on and so for me that's where we're going to see. Um, as we dive into these epic stories of faith in Hebrews 11, you're going to see this cause and effect relationship where they get these truths and they begin to have a relationship with the divine and then it causes them to, to make choices and decisions um, that aren't supernatural in and of themselves, right? Because it's not the people that are in Hebrews 11, we, we mentioned this idea that, that they're actually um, ridiculous people, that they make horrible choices in life, um, that they aren't people that we would hold up nowadays as um, people that you should live like in some ways, but they're included because of their beautiful relationship in faith with the divine and how it causes them for, to make choices, how it causes them to make decisions. And so that's what we'll see in this, these stories uh, of faith. The last thing I want to talk about um, as we close this out, is you, as you imagine, as you think about um, what we see in Hebrews 11, you know, so 11, 1 through 2, we got now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients, ancients were commended for. And we know that what we're about to read is a list of what we've been taught is that these people are amazing people, right? And I just, as I just mentioned, if the reality is, is that they weren't supernatural. Uh, they weren't um, uh, elitist, if you will. Um, but they we're going to see the humanity and who they are. And so this list is about to begin, and this list is what we'll also see is chronological, right? It, it kind of takes from the beginning of time and goes through the end of time. But I want to point out something that maybe you have missed, because I missed it as well at first, is as this list begins, I want you to see who's included at the beginning. So as we go to verse 3, we get this. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And so he's going back to this whole concept of what faith is. And here's a list of people who are the Hall of Fame. But here's where he starts. Look at that third word in the first in this sentence. By faith, we. Do you see that? Is that we is an inclusive statement of not only, it's not just the, the ancients and not just the writer, but the we of the listener. And I would, I would propose that the we includes us, that you and I are included in this epic list of faith heroes. This idea that, 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 that the list that he's about to say, the writer is going to say, this isn't an elitist group, that we are a part, that our stories, you and me, um, are involved in what God is doing through this this epic tale. Um, it's really God's invitation to ordinary people to dare, to dare, to dare to do the impossible. And that impossible 
uh, is not feats of magic, not feats of strength, not feats that uh, defy gravity or that wow people. The true impossible is to enter into a relationship with the divine, with God, with a living creator, and to allow your life to be affected by that. That is the impossible. That is the invitation. That is the epic story of faith. And so, um, that's where we enter into this chapter. This, this invitation that we are a part of the story. <clears throat> and so, we want to wrestle with what these stories are so that we can know where we take our place in this. Um, so again, the challenges for this week. If you haven't already, read Hebrews 11. Uh, let it marinate into it, maybe print it out, hang it up on your mirror, on your wall so that you see it, or set a reminder on your phones to, to read it ever so often, whatever you need to do to, to have that. But maybe some questions to think about. The first one uh, from the concept of story is what story are you telling, right? Since we're all storytellers, what story is your life telling? Who are the characters? Um, what is the impossible who is your mentor? Who who are you a mentor to, right? And there's all that that goes involved with those types of things. The second one is faith. I want you to think about faith and how you would describe it. You know, we, we spent some time looking through this, but what, would, what does faith mean to you? What does it look like to be tangible in your life? How does it go from something that's just in your head and in your heart? And how does it come to your feet and your fingers and your, and your, and your, your mouth, right? And then finally, the last question I want to leave you with is, how do you feel about being included in this story? How do you feel about God's invitation for you to join the hero, the heroes of Hebrews chapter 11? What does that, what does that, what does that do to you? Have you? Is that something new to you? Um, does that spark something? Does it scare you? Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, we're going to try to engage in, in faith life this week. Um, so join us in that. If you if you are hearing this for the first time, don't know what I mean when I say Faith Life. Faith Life is a, a website we use um, where we have access to each other because we're Common Thread is all over right now. We got some in England, Texas, uh, Arkansas, Indiana, um, and we uh, we try to stay connected even though we're all over. And that's where we have our conversations. So we'd love for you to join in that conversation. Um, you can message me, Ryan. Send me an email at Ryan at CommonThread.Church. And I'll get you uh, connected to Faith Life. Well, there you have it. We've got a new series. I'm excited about it. Campfire Stories. Um, and we are going to jump in. So have a great week. And I hope to see you on Faith Life. Grace and peace. <laughs>